Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 345, Powerful Ways to Create Fulfillment in Seasons of Change with Aubrey Baldwin. Are you facing a really hard season of change right now? And one that you didn't ask for or that you can't control? Maybe your kids are all starting school this fall for for the first time ever, and most of the day is now yours, and it doesn't feel like you thought it would. Perhaps it's time to find a new job, or you've been unexpectedly let go of the one you love. Or you had to move during COVID, and now it seems like you are finally able to start connecting with a new everything, but it is scary and not fun at all. Whether your season of change is the external or the internal kind, and usually they're actually both, when you're in it, it is so easy to just drown in the overwhelm of the change, to feel unsteady and unmoored because you don't know who you are in this new season that you are facing. One of the three pillars that we focus on in the About Progress community is personal fulfillment. When you hear the word fulfillment, I want you to think about feeling full, feeling like yourself. This is a pillar in our community because, quite simply, learning to access fulfillment during a hard season of change myself not only helped me through it better, it also changed my life. This is where our do something focus comes from. It comes from this moment I had in the midst of feeling very unsteady in my own life. And this moment where I decided it was time to stop waiting, to no longer wait for the money or the time, or even the support at home I could get to find myself, to find ways where I could be myself. And doing something small and so insignificant to the world is how I started. And then I did another and another. And over time, that added up to me finding fulfillment, no matter what change and season I was in. And that has guided me the past five years through countless changes, and it's guiding me now as we're another huge transition as a family. Today, we get to hear from a warrior from this community, a progressor who is so amazing. Her name is Aubrey Baldwin, and she has been through many seasons of change as an Air Force wife. She is also a mom to two little women, and she is so passionate about living with intention and purpose. She loves to write. She says she loves to put her dreams on paper and making them happen. That is so awesome. So understandably, Aubrey has moved a lot over the years of being a military wife, and she knows well the temptation that can await us to wait for better circumstances so that we can find fulfillment. And today, Aubrey is going to share some brilliant tips for you on how to navigate a transition you are facing in your life by instilling small and simple acts of personal fulfillment, ways to find and access that fulfillment. And it's so much easier and doable than you think. And the effects of it are so much deeper and longer lasting than you may think too. 
welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I don't want you to just listen to this show. I want it to change you. This community of progressors empowers women to take on radical growth via sustainable changes. Are you motivated and ready to grow in your identity, purpose, and productivity? You can when you remember that life is about progress, not perfection. A big part of why we can feel so stuck in seasons of change is because we had had our identity on the old season we were in. It was so founded by the things that we were doing and the responsibilities we carried. And when those shifted, our identities shifted too. And that can be really, really scary and overwhelming and trying to know what to do next. If you are in that season, I would love for you to join my foundational course called Finding Me. And in it, I help you learn one, how to unattach yourself and your identity from your roles and responsibilities, and two, how to find more deeply who you are and find fulfillment in your life so that you can bring who you really are to your roles and responsibilities, even as they shift around you. You can go to aboutprogress.com slash finding me to sign up. Again, that's aboutprogress.com slash finding me. And as you might have heard, this is an episode that we do about every other month or so with a quote unquote regular listener from this show. And it is always a favorite. I know you are going to adore Aubrey and get so much out of this episode because honestly, it was one I needed and I learned so much from her too. Aubrey Baldwin, we are so excited to have you on About Progress. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Monica. It is a privilege to be here. These are always my favorite interviews because my goodness, we have the most intelligent, amazing community. And I learn so much, not only from what we do on Instagram together, but especially these interviews. And today we get to hear a little bit of your story and how we can create fulfillment, which is kind of a different take on our theme this month about creativity. But I love that this is so applicable because we don't often think of it that way, that we have that power. So let's just start a little bit with your own story about where you're at as a family right now and how you've had to learn that you even have the option to create your own fulfillment. So my husband is an Air Force pilot, and I never thought that I would marry anybody in the military, but my family lives in Colorado Springs. That's where my parents are at. And we ended up meeting and I just felt like, okay, like I'm doing this, you know, I'm going to be a military wife. And we ended up moving down to Texas for pilot training. And since we've been married, we've been married almost five years and we are about to have our sixth move. And so incredible. So six moves in five years. Yes. And so it's just been this crazy ride of figuring out how to be fulfilled in many different places with different people, with my life looking very different than what I thought, which I think all of us feel that way at one point or another, right? Like, wow, this is very different than what I pictured my life to be. But I have felt that particularly in this military lifestyle that I knew nothing about uh, beforehand. And so, yeah, we've just moved from place to place to place. And I've really, I feel like fine-tuned kind of my ability to find my village wherever we go and create a routine that works for us. And it's just been really fulfilling. And it's so hopeful to me to know that I can be truly happy and fulfilled no matter where we live. 
I think this is especially poignant because you're talking about how you can face an unexpected season. And we all go through that, whether or not we're moving because we're in the military like you or just life happens and suddenly you're in a new season that you didn't expect or ask for. And I'm sure you see a lot as a military family, people who are waiting to find fulfillment and happiness, maybe until the next move or until the moving stops or to a better apartment or whatever it might be. And, and how have you just seen that in action and how have you been able to move past that yourself? Right. So a lot of spouses, I know it's, it's interesting to see the differences between how we handle this, like you said, and there definitely are spouses who just kind of sit in their house and don't really get out and explore the area. And they don't, and this isn't to shame them. These are just my observations that these spouses are kind of, yeah, like you said, just waiting for life to happen and waiting for it to be a perfect scenario, right? Where they live close to home. They're able to have their career, their children are in school. And if I'm being honest, I struggle with that as well. Sometimes who doesn't think I can't wait until my kids are all in school or until they're grown. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this does not, like you said, this does not just apply to military families. These are things that we all deal with, but I think, you know, for myself, just learning to expect that those perfect scenarios may never happen, or they might not happen in the time that I want them to has been helpful So for example, I would love to work, but that's hard when I'm moving around every couple of years, it's hard to start up a job and then leave it. Yeah. And so in my experience, it's like, well, how can I find fulfillment in other ways or work in a different way than I had originally anticipated working Mm -hmm. instead of just sitting on the sidelines and waiting for that perfect day when my kids are grown and my husband's out of the military and I can finally have my career. And so I think that applies, like you said, to people within the military and without. I just see a lot of spouses get stuck on that. Like they feel stuck because they can't have the career they want on the timeline they want. Mm -hmm. And like you said, this applies to all of us. And maybe we can ask the listeners, you know, think about how life is never static and how we transition from one season to the next without our permission or also without us even realizing it's happening until we're in the middle of it. And I think what we're talking about today is fulfillment's come up a lot, but when we're saying fulfillment, we're talking about emotions that you want to feel, experiences you want to have, the person you want to be. And we can't wait. We can't continue to wait and wait and wait We have to create the fulfillment here and now. So because you have been through this so much, let's dig into some of the advice that you have on how the people who are listening can do this, regardless of what their season is and how it's playing out for them, how they can create the emotions, the abundance, the fulfillment, the happiness that they want, even with the shifting circumstances they're facing. So one of my very favorite quotes is by John Lund, and he said that all frustration is based on unmet expectations. Ooh, yes, that's good. So if you think about that quote in terms of in our life, when we have certain expectations and they're not met, we we can spiral down really easily, really fast into despair and anxiety. So in my opinion, one of the best things that we can do is to 
create things that we can expect in our lives and that we can depend on and let go of the rest. And, and not let go in a sense like you're giving up on the things that you want, but, but just kind of that serenity prayer, right? Mm-hmm. I, like, I accept the things that I cannot change and I pray for courage to change the things I can. That's not exactly how it mm-hmm. goes. But so in my life, I have created things that I can expect every day, no matter where we live. And one of those is to either get outside or go on a drive, just get out of the house. That mm-hmm. is something that for me personally brings fulfillment. We currently live in England. It's really rainy and it's hard, but we still do it. We've also lived in Texas where it's really hot, but we still do it. Mm. (laughs) We get out on a walk or we go to the park. We we go to the store. We just get out of the house. That's something I have created that we can expect in our daily routine. And it just gives me a lot of peace of mind. The thing that I I'm connecting with, we've talked about this in the about progress community. This comes from my optimized coaching program that I'm certified with is we call this control the controllables, you know, yes, exactly. Yeah. There's so much we can't control. We can't control people, the weather, where we live, sometimes the money, the food, like things like that. But there are things that we can control. And this isn't meant to be about toxic positivity. This is still getting back to what can I create and that makes me feel like myself that I, that I know that I can own that helps me bring myself home to myself. And I love that you had that example of being outside because that is totally me too. Right. Well, and that's something that, that we can carry with us no matter where we live. And it might look different in each place. Like I said, you know, in Texas, we're going swimming and here there's not really outdoor swimming pools because it doesn't even get warm enough most of the year for that. Mm -hmm. But we do still like I said, go on walks in the forest and and such. So that's been really helpful. And that's going to look different for everybody, but, but to control the controllables and to create those things that you can expect is just, in my opinion, vital, especially during times of transition. Right now, we have this unexpected issue we're dealing with in our house, and we've had Mm. to move bedrooms, and we've had to just take all the clothes out of the wardrobe. Well, we don't have closets here. (laughs) We have wardrobes. (laughs) Anyways, and so I just, I have found myself thinking, I'll be happy when this is just over. You know, I can get back to my routine when this is over. And in a sense, that's kind of true because right now I'm pulling clothes out of a box to get dressed. Mm -hmm. So my routine is messed up, right? It is not the same that it always is, but there are things that I can still control and there are things that I can still do to help me feel like myself. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think a lot of us go through issues like that, where we're in the middle of a move or we're painting a room, whatever it is, and just our life feels a little bit chaotic. You create those things you can control. And it really can be the basics. You know, I I had an amazing guest on a few years ago. Her name is Natalie Norton. We talked about how to get out of a funk. And she said Mm. really, even when she was at the height of deep, deep depressions or just, you know, a general life is hard this week. And, you know, we all go on across that spectrum there. She said the number one thing for her was to always take care of her own hygiene. Like even on the worst day, she could just get in the shower and make sure she put on clean sweats, you know, something like that. It can be as basic as that, or it can be as fulfilling as what makes me feel like myself. So that's a fantastic advice. Uh, What else would you say to them? I would say to find a group of people or at least one person to support you through your transitions. So a lot of people think when you talk about a village that it 
means a big group of people. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that a village can be as big or as small as you want or need it to be. I would suggest if if making friends is difficult for you, then just start with one person. Start with reaching out to one person, whether it be a family member or a friend that can support you through times of transition. And I've obviously had to get pretty good at this if I want to feel fulfilled Yeah, <laughs> in having a village because we haven't lived near family for like four years now. And right now we live across the world. And so when my babies are born, it's other people that are taking care of my kids and things like that, you know, and that's been hard, but with time it gets easier. There was this one day where my daughter, she fell off of a chair and she hit her chin just right that it split open. So we had to go to the ER and my husband's like up flying across Iceland, right? (laughs) He's he's nowhere near. Yeah. (laughs) And so I had to call a friend, but it was so nice to know that I just, I just had that person that I didn't even have to sit there and think, who am I going to call? You know, it's just, okay, I have this friend. I'm going to call her. She's going to come stay with my baby while I take my toddler to the hospital. Mm. And having that security of knowing I have at least one person I can count on in times of difficulty or transition or whatever, that is super incredible to have. So that's another thing that I would suggest is to have, find, find your village. Yeah. And you know, we're, we're about to go through a transition similar. We don't have to do this every year. Like you've had to, but my, my son has just joined a baseball team full of kids. He doesn't know. Cause we've moved, you know, out of state. And we told him the other day, my husband was trying to tell him, you know, all we want you to do is make friends here. And I tried to have my own stance on that and just say, actually, I think it's more be a good friend, like just be yeah. a good friend for people. How has that, you know, played out for you instead of, I think it's good to find friends for sure. But to me, it's more of that mindset shift of being a good friend, being a village for other people is often how you find yours. Has that been true for you? Absolutely. I, that's a really great point because the friends that I have found are often, like you said, it's through, you know, whether I just go up and introduce myself. I mean, that is in my mind, being a good friend, right? Getting to know them, asking questions about them. And a lot of times that is reciprocated. And then as the friendship grows, you can be a good friend by, you know, supporting them in, you know, it doesn't have to be bringing a meal. It can be but it can be things like just sending them a message and saying, hey, I was thinking about you today, or do you want to meet up and go on a walk or meet up for a play date, things like that. And then I think as you continue, you can really get to kind of the, I want to say the meat and potatoes, but. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> but just, yeah, the meat and potatoes right? of a friendship, of a relationship for sure. Yeah, where you can, where you can really talk. To me, I, I don't really love small talk that much. I want to talk about the things that really matter to people. I want to help them through their, their heartaches and through the the unexpected things that happen in their lives. And so that's how I would say, you know, you can start small, but the ultimate goal would hopefully be to build to that level of vulnerability and, and trust. And you don't have to have that with every single person. But like I said, if you can have at least one, one person that you can be vulnerable with that I think is great. 
And it definitely goes back to our theme of, you know, creativity. You've, you've got to get creative about what that's going to look like. I know I'm going to be personally hosting a lot of dessert nights at my house once we're finally. Yes. Done. So this is help- so helpful. What else would you say for them? I'm like literally taking so many notes because I'm going through a transition too. So tell us next what you have in mind. So find your, your habits and your routines. We've talked about this a little bit, but with how I get outside with my kids, but I want to tell you a few things that I have created in my days that I can expect and, and that I can control. So I can expect to take three deep breaths when I wake up, right? These are all personal to me, Yes, but, but maybe there'll be an idea out there that somebody will, will like, and it, it can be as simple as I can light a candle each day. I can turn on music or read a book. I can make my bed. We can have a 20-minute cleanup after dinner as a family or spend time outside. I can have a date night with my husband each week. These are things that I can do no matter where we live, no matter what we're almost, no matter what we're going through in life. Each night I write in a gratitude journal. I try and move my body each day in a way that feels good, whether that's yoga or walking or a more intense HIIT workout. Also, you talked about being a friend. One thing that I try and do almost every day is to send a message to a friend. Hmm. So I can't necessarily expect an answer (laughs) because, you know, people are going to respond when it works for them, but I can expect to send it. That's what's in my control. Hmm. And I, I often find myself thinking if I get in a kind of like a victim stance where I think nobody is messaging me and nobody cares about me. Then I think to myself, well, have I messaged anyone recently? <laughs> and yeah. I take that opportunity to send a message to somebody that I'm thinking of. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everything you described, I, I, what I love especially about it, it's not the kind that you see on a Pinterest board, right? Like these are really life-giving and grounding routines and habits, but they're not like have the perfect meal plan. Like make sure no. that you like host these huge events that like you said it's it's the small ways that you can care for yourself and that you can insert your values and your priorities and what matters to you into your day-to-day life in the smallest of ways that to me is even more hope giving and doable than the big pinterest worthy things that we can see absolutely i think that you know if you're if you're looking for a pinterest worthy thing then I don't want to say you're probably doing it wrong, but, but it could be the wrong approach for you, especially if you're going through a difficult season. And, you know, I, I started training for a half marathon, but I, I was pregnant with my second, but I didn't know that I was. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so I, I, I kept running. <laughs> like, like, why as is long this so I, hard? Yeah, exactly. So I kept running for as long as I could, even after I knew I was pregnant, but then you just get to a point where at least for me, I, I was like, I just can't be running, you know, six miles a day anymore. Mm. And, and I would just have to tell myself times and seasons, there are times and seasons for things. And this is not the season to train for a half marathon. And that's okay. I can create fulfillment and happiness in my life in other ways. It doesn't have to be like 
that goal. You know, if I enjoy moving my body, it can totally be something else. And just having that mindset shift is so important. And, and it helps you part of this creativity is being willing to be flexible and to see other options and other ways to find that. I mean, that release is so awesome. Like there's nothing better than a great hard run to get out Mm -hmm. your emotions and stuff, but can't do that all the time. So there needs to be another way. And you're just giving us permission to figure that out. I love that. Okay. Aubrey, what else would you say to them? The biggest thing, and it sounds really, you know, kind of like, oh, I hear this everywhere. It's so cliche, but find your gratitude. When you look for the good and when you focus on it, the good gets better. I'm not sure who says that, but I know that Ralphie from Simply On Purpose, she quotes that very often and it's just impacted my life. So this quote is by John Piper and he says, occasionally weep deeply over the life that you hoped would be, grieve the losses, feel the pain, then wash your face and embrace the life that God has given you. That's perfect. So I don't think that this quote is meant to be insensitive to our grief. Mm-hmm. It's okay and necessary to weep and grieve the losses of your life. That That's not what gratitude, gratitude is not being dismissive. Like you said, that toxic positivity, it's not being dismissive of the loss that you've experienced. There is, you know, even in my very blessed life, I have grieved the loss of many things. We have you know, we moved over here to Europe, hoping to be able to travel for three years and then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, you know, like that is something that it's okay for me to grieve that it's okay for me to grieve my, my body changing and the loss of friends or how I had to end up finishing my degree online instead of in person, because I'm married to a military man and we move, you know, there's things that I think it's okay to grieve those. It's just that you can't stay in that space of mourning permanently, or at least not in the same way, right? You have to kind of let the waves come and go. And in a moment where you do feel strong enough to do something, then do something. Mm -hmm. And that's what I feel being grateful is, is creating that sense of happiness and kind of that fire inside and just running with it when you feel like you can in the seasons you feel like you can. It's the noticing, right? Again, and this is going back to many things we've said throughout this interview, you've said actually is the small things. It's just the noticing the small moments of something good, even when you feel normal. I remember after quite a long time of feeling very, very severely depressed and not like myself at all, just having one moment. And I was like sitting in church and I had a moment where I was like, I feel normal right now. Like I feel like myself and that felt like a miracle. It can be as small and as simple as that, you know, the sunshine on my face. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be grandiose. It doesn't have to be like Oprah worthy, you know, where everyone's going to cheer. It's just noticing those small moments. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people write in a gratitude journal and that has been something I have started this year. And my, my habit is to write one sentence after I turn down the covers in my bed to Ooh. go to sleep at night. Yeah. I write one sentence in my gratitude journal. It's simple and it's easy. And even if it was an awful day, I can still think of one thing like, I'm grateful that my children finally stopped screaming and went to bed, or 
I'm grateful that I could light a candle today and just breathe that scent in or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. Like you said, the sun on your face, especially here in England is huge. If the yeah. sun comes out, it's like, yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I <lived laughs> We've got London something. For, uh, summer for study abroad. And that always cracked me up because you know how the weather's really temperamental, obviously there, but the days where it was sunny, it was like all the fancy British men were walking around Hyde Park with their shirt off. And it amazed me. <laughs> But now I'm like, they were just being present in the moment that they finally got some sunshine on their very sun avoidant skin. And it felt good, you know, so we can look for those moments. We can be present. And, you know, Aubrey, I know you have another uh, final pointer for us. What is that? So that would be to find some creative outlets and hobbies. And these, these can go with like your routine and your habits, but oftentimes I think that they're, they're not as connected as we think that an outlet or a hobby, it may not be something that you can do every single day, but it's something that just helps you feel like you, like you mentioned before. And so I'll tell you one of mine, one of my favorite outlets is to just sit in a bath and like, just be there, right. And read a book and kind of do the whole thing with, a candle if I can and just soak there. So that's an outlet of mine, but, but it's not necessarily a hobby. So a hobby would be, I like to play the piano, right? And it's not something that I've worked into my everyday routine, but it's something that brings me a lot of joy when I can do it. And when I feel like I have the energy to do so, but just finding those things is, is what's going to really help you feel like special in a sense that it's going to help you feel like I have something, this belongs to me. I can do it. And it helps me feel like life is good. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It, it all comes back to a thing we had earlier this year, wholehearted, be wholehearted. It's about belonging to yourself. It's like feeling like you have some ownership in your life to just step into your body and to embody who you really are for even a few minutes. And that's how play the piano is for me too. I wonder if we're like the same person, but just living (laughs) alternative lives here, but across the world. uh, Yeah. Across the world too. You know, I think it would just be so fun to hear another story from how this is all been wrapped up in a nice bow, I guess, for you, a way that any of these, any of these tips you gave us today were ways for you to come home to yourself. Like we just talked about. Yeah. When we were first married, we lived just 15 minutes from my parents' house in Colorado. And that was so fun because we got to go there every week for dinner and, you know, just to know that they were close. But after eight months, we moved down to a tiny town on the Texas and Mexico border. And that's where my husband did pilot training. And so this was like in my married life, the first big transition that I had ever gone through. And I remember just driving away (laughs) from my parents' house, just big tears streaming down my face. And what hit me Mm. was this wasn't the first time that I'd been away from home. I mean, I had gone to school in another state and I had done a year and a half in Brazil serving a mission for our church. And living away from home was not new to me. But what was new to me was living so far away and not knowing what my purpose was because Mm -hmm. I had never done this role of like the military wife. And so before the roles had always been student or missionary. And this time it was like, well, I'm a military wife, but what does that even mean? And how can I be happy in this? Because I don't even know what to do or how to do it. 
So to top all this off, I was actually pregnant when we moved down there and I didn't know. And I just had this debilitating nausea. So here I am. I know absolutely no one. It was so hot outside. We lived two and a half hours from San Antonio, which was where the furthest airport was or the closest airport, I should say closest target. I was throwing up sometimes 10 times a day, all alone in my house. My husband worked 12 hour days and he had no service in his building. So I just felt completely isolated. And those were really dark days. And I remember one day he came home, he walked through the, through the door and I just burst into tears. And I said, I feel such a sense of relief when you come home because then I'm not alone anymore. Hmm. And I just, the way that this relates, I guess, is because I, I got to this point where I just thought I cannot live like this anymore. I can't, I have to do something. So I got on some medicine and luckily the nausea let up and I was able to, to create some things. So here's, here's some of the things that I did. I went into town by myself and I went to go check out like this little bakery nearby, mm-hmm. or I would go to the lake or we would try local restaurants. I started teaching piano lessons. Actually, that was something that really helped me. And I continued my online classes, which I didn't love, but I was determined to finish because that was a goal of mine was getting a degree. And so that brought a sense of purpose into my life. And then we also did projects like finishing a crib for our for our little girl and, you know, just things like that. I joined a book club. I studied with my husband. We took trips. And I guess all of this is to say that that was my first big experience of creating happiness and kind of controlling the controllables in an experience that was honestly one of the hardest years of my life and my husband's life as well, because pilot training was, was no piece of cake, but Mm -hmm that experience has been foundational for me because I know that no matter what I go through in the future, (laughs) I'm like, I made it through this and we, we thrived in the end and we actually were sad to say goodbye. And so Mm -hmm. that actually, if I can add one more thing, yes, of course, to the, the advice is just everybody has these foundational experiences. And when you're going through something hard or a big transition, one thing that you can do is look back on an experience that you made it and that you really, even if you didn't feel like it at the time that you were thriving, you still made it through. You've made it through 100% of the bad days and the hard days in your life. And you're going to make it through what you're going through right now. And you can make it even better by creating hobbies and routines, finding your village, and finding gratitude. I think that it all boils down to connection. In order to find fulfillment and peace during times of transition, we need to learn how we connect. How we can connect with others, that's finding your village. How we can connect with ourselves, that's creating hobbies and outlets and doing those things that help you feel like you and are truly nourishing for your soul and how we connect with our higher power, whether that be God or the universe or whatever it may be. In my master's program to become a marriage and family therapist, we have studied about the indicators of those who live longest. What what indicates 
the longest life on earth. And they have found that those who live longest have created the the most fulfilling relationships. And I would argue that the fulfilling relationships could also include relationship to self and relationship to God. So in our lives, when we're going through tough times, especially connection is what is going to pull us through. If you're feeling down, if you're feeling isolated, if you're feeling like just a little bit off or lost, I would ask, where am I lacking connection in my life? And go from there and you can experiment with different things. Maybe you get out for a walk with a friend or call a friend or send a message. Maybe you do something that you really love. For me, like I said, that's playing the piano or taking a bath, reading a book, going on a drive and just calling my mom or sitting in silence to meditate for a bit. Those help me connect to myself. Um, A few weeks ago, I was not feeling great and I decided to actually bake a cake that I had wanted to try. It was like an outlet for me and something fun that I was able to do. And that really helped me feel connected to me and who I wanted to be. Um, If you want to connect to God, you could try journaling or meditating or walking in nature. Those are some different ones for me. It may be different for you. So it's just about experimenting and and honoring the need for each of those connections. I truly believe that if we have those connections in place and we seek to establish them wherever we go or whatever is or isn't happening in our lives, we will be able to pull through anything. It doesn't mean that life will be happy all the time. That's just the way it goes. But it does mean that we can feel grounded and at peace regardless of the transitions, regardless of the unexpected and unwanted changes that come our way. Beautiful. It's beautiful to see this in someone fully embodied, how this can live out and how it can work out for us. I'm so grateful that you took the time to be on the show and that you're a part of this community. We need you. We need women like you. And we always end each interview asking the same question. And it's what are you working on yourself right now? How are you developing yourself? What's a habit you're working on? Anything like that, since we are a self-development show. One of my favorite outlets has always been writing. Hmm. And so right now I'm currently working on a collection of stories. And actually it was inspired by my your episodes with Corey Connors and Carolyn oh, Pearson. Yes. I just, I just absolutely, <laughs> those were magical for me. And wow. so, well, yeah, so I was listening to those while I was driving one day and I felt strongly to create this collection of stories and it's called I Belong To. And so it's all about, you know, people who feel like they don't fit the mold, which I think can really be all of us in one way or another. But I've been able to collect those stories from people that I know and that I don't know. And it's just been such a fulfilling experience to kind of do something so uncomfortable, but it kind of, it it just takes that passion of writing of mine. And then I want to, you know, add my own story as well to it. So that's been a really cool project to work on for me that I'm working on right now. Oh, I love it so much. When you finish that, you have to let us know so we can celebrate you here in the community. And again, I just want to reemphasize that we need you, Aubrey, in this community, and we need everyone who is listening too. This is how, you know, our big goal is to change the world by changing women, but it starts small. It starts small with every single person who's listening and within your own life, it starts small too. And I love this take on creativity. 
and that you lended this idea to us. This all came from you. So, you know, we need you in that way too. Just wanted to hit that home again, Aubrey. I am Thank so you. grateful. Yeah. I'm just so grateful for you and the time you took and how prepared you were and how awesome this whole thing was and for sharing your own experiences with us. So thank you again. Yeah. It's been an absolute treat for me and I've been listening to your podcast since pretty much the beginning. So I'm just super, super thrilled to, to be here and to partake of your goodness. Well, you are a trooper then for sure. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants that you need to grow. You might have noticed at the very end there that the voice of Aubrey's voice sounded just a little bit different. And it was because after we recorded, she was like, oh, I forgot about this point of connection. So we just embedded that in. That's the magic of doing audio. Um, So I love that we were able to fit in that point of connecting. And it all goes back to connecting. I'm going to share the progress pointers from this episode. This is where I tell you the notes I took so you don't have to take them. And if you'd like this in a graphic form every week, get on my go-getter newsletter. It's at aboutprogress.com slash go-getter and it comes right to your inbox. Number one, we will all face unexpected seasons of change. Two, find uh, the other ways to create the emotions you want instead of waiting for them to happen when dot, dot, dot. Three, create expectations that you can rely on. Control the controllables. Four, find your village, both to get support from and to give support to. Five, start small with the one. Be a good friend. Five, find some grounding, life-giving habits and routines. Seven, embrace that there are times and seasons. Eight, find your gratitude. Retrain your brain to look for the good and you will find it. Nine, also find creative outlets and hobbies. Do something. 10, everybody has faced hard transitions in the past. Look back at other times where you've made it through. And 11, connecting to others, our village, ourselves through habits and routines and to gratitude, which is God and higher power can pull us through the changes that we are experiencing. I also want you to note that Aubrey has a wonderful way for you to submit your story to the collection that she is creating called I Belong To. And she's going to start sharing those later on her Instagram account, aubreyb.mft. And I neglected to say that at the beginning, a marriage family and therapist that she's been through that training. So it's it's also good to, for you to know that. I would go check her out, aubrey.mft. We have that linked in the show notes for you. If you have a story about learning to belong, both to yourself and to others, go and submit your story to Aubrey. And I can't wait for her to get that finished and we can celebrate her here. I just want to thank you for listening. It means so much to me. I have a weird thing to tell you. This, the remaining of the summer, we are going to take a break from airing new episodes. I get questions all the time about what are the top episodes that I would recommend people listen listen to. And while we are in the middle of officially moving into our home and trying to help my kids get settled in our change, our time of transition and change, we are going to air some of the greatest hits. And every time we've done this, it's been still a great hit. So I'm really excited to share with you the top eight episodes that we have ever had on this show in almost 350 episodes. And they will also be a little tweaked and newly edited so that uh, you'll just kind of have a refresher, but in a new way. And I'm really excited. I'm really excited. And we will start airing new episodes again on September 1st. So that's what you can look forward to the rest of the summer. And I hope you know that 
just like all humans, I need a break. And I love what I do so much. And I'm trying to honor my season right now of knowing that I need a break. And I also want to be able to work on some things behind the scenes with the business and also help my kids through a major transition we're going through. So with that transition coming up, I would love if you could do anything you could to support the show by primarily sharing about it. If you love an episode, share it. That is the number one thing you can do to help the show. And the second best thing you can do is to leave a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. And if you could do those two things for me during these two months of me taking a leap of faith here and airing our greatest hits, I'd be so grateful. I want you to be like Aubrey now and go and do something with what you learned today. And remember that life is about progress, not perfection. You are a trooper then for sure. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to press or stop now because someone's decided to vacuum. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission at us customs and border protection. We go beyond to protect more than borders from ship to shore, air to ground cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.